if you can just like let go of the relationship stuff, you really have a good opportunity to still have a relationship with this person that you once loved and were in a marriage with. But like you also, it's like kind of a privilege and it's easier in a lot of ways because you don't have to be married to them, you know? Yeah. And so if you could just let go of all of that and just be present as a parent and be like, you know what? We really, we really shit the bed. We really sucked at this marriage stuff, right? Acknowledge you both have fault because you always do. But then be willing to be like, but let's be the best rock star co-parents we can. Let's show up for our kids. Let's show everybody that we still can have a, a friendship, a bond, that we chose each other for a reason. And it wasn't to be in a relationship, but it was to raise these kids. Hey, it's Jamie Scrimger. When I became a stepmom, I quickly realized that while moms are encouraged to keep it real, there's a big double standard when it comes to stepmoms. So I decided to start the conversation myself. Thriving as a stepmom doesn't just come from conversations about being a stepmom, though. Here, we dive into marriage, relationships, personal growth, and more. My mission? Inspire you to live a kick-ass life while bringing you along as I create my own. This is the Kick-Ass Stepmom Podcast. Hello, hello. Welcome to the Kick-Ass Stepmom Podcast. Guys, just to give you a visual of me trying to record the introduction for this episode, my stepson just walked in and then I started recording and his engine, he like souped up his truck. So it has a, one of those really loud, obnoxious engines. So that interrupted my recording. Then the dog started barking and Reese's like coming in and out. So lesson to me, do not record anything when kids are home. But anyway, just rambling. I have a pretty cool guest on here for you today. We have Gina Kirschenheider from the Housewives of Orange County on the show. And I'm going to be totally transparent. I have been YouTubing for the last little while how to pronounce the last name. And I have such, I don't know, like I know for me, it's very hard to spell the name or to pronounce the name Scrimger for people. So when I have someone else who has maybe a tricky last name, I'm always like, oh, I got to get this right. But if I did not get that right, Gina, I am sorry. Kirshen Heider, I think I got it. Anyway, Gina is on the Housewives of Orange County. So she is kind of a big deal. And it's kind of interesting because this podcast has made me into such a Housewives watcher. I never watched The Housewives before until I did the interview with Leanne Rimes. And then I was curious about her husband's ex, Brandy, who was on The Housewives of Beverly Hills. And then now I interviewed Gina. So I've got into The Housewives of Orange County or OC. And Darren's like, seriously, are you watching this again? And I'm always like, yeah, I'm working, baby. This is research. So I'm a fan now. I have loved hearing Gina's perspective on life and forgiveness and co-parenting though. And, and being a stepmom, Gina's also a stepmom. And it was such a gift to have this conversation with her. So if you were not a housewives watcher, here's the lowdown on Gina. She's a mom. She's a stepmom. She's a reality TV star. And she's been really open about her co-parenting journey and how she went from being in an extremely high conflict divorce with court and charges and just a lot of drama to having a really amicable, probably even more than amicable, like a friendly co-parenting relationship with her ex and becoming friends with her ex-husband's new partner. 
In fact, it all actually shifted when her kid's new stepmom reached out to her. So we talk about that in this episode. We talk about the transformation, her experience as a stepmom, her blended family values and her thoughts on divorce and forgiveness and how they deal with disagreements and tough stuff and really how she has been able to forgive her ex. And I will say, I wish that more people had her attitude and values about co-parenting. I definitely learned a lot in this conversation. And if, you know, people could adopt even like half of the attitude that Gina has, I think that divorce could be such a positive experience or a more positive experience, I guess, for everyone. Anyway, this episode is a good one. Excited to share it with you. So let's dive in. Well, Gina, welcome to the Kick-Ass Stepmom Podcast. Hi, Jamie. Happy to be here. Yeah, I'm so happy to have you. You know, (laughs) I'm pretty sure that you go on podcast interviews all the time and, you know, people are asking about, you know, the drama of the housewives and things that are going on and want to talk about that. I think maybe this interview is going to be a little bit different because I have so many questions about your co-parenting and your family and your stepmom experience because you've been through a lot and I think... By the sounds of it, you and your family have grown a lot. And I think that the step family space needs to hear these stories because I don't think there's enough of them. Yeah, I will say, number one, you know, like everyone else, never thought this would be a space that I would enter into. You know, you don't obviously go into marriage thinking, I'm going to be divorced and then co parenting with someone else one day and a stepmom and all that. But I'm here and it is kind of a nice break from the housewife stuff too, because I am really passionate about this. Like I have put the work in, it's hard work, you know, and everybody out there knows. But if you do, it is so rewarding to watch like your children thrive because you chose to put them before all of your BS with your ex and all that. It just makes you feel so good. And I feel like, more people should be concentrating on wanting to feel good. And also your children are super happy and healthy, right? Rather than like the alternative is you carry everything around. Everything's negative. Everything's frustrating. Everything sucks, you know? Mm -hmm. And I knew like, even when things were at their worst, that was not something that I wanted in my life permanently or could handle. Yeah. And when things were at their worst for you, like they, they were, bad. You know, you were on TV. This is a domestic violence incident. You're splitting up. There was, you know, you went through a really tough time with the DUI and like all of this stuff. Like it just feels like everything kind of came at you at once. But I've been listening to a lot of your, your conversations that you've had online before the episode. And it sounds like that was kind of like, you kind of hit like this, not rock bottom, but this low spot. And then everything kind of rebuilt from there. Can you tell me a little bit more about all of that? Yeah, well, I think that's life, right? And I think everybody falls down and I think everybody struggles. And I think there's this idea of rock bottom that looks different for everyone. I would say that was probably the rock bottom so far, you know, of of my life. But when you hit the bottom, you have a choice of how you're going to get back up and how you're going to climb back up to the top. And truly, first of all, if you even ever want to see the top again, in my opinion, it matters how you get back up and start picking yourself up and moving forward. 
And you have to make a decision. Do you want to stay stagnant? Do you want to stay stuck at the bottom? Do you want to start to come up and get in your own way? Or do you want to just focus on getting yourself back to, you know, this great place where maybe you were, or like, honestly, in my case, better than I could have imagined. And I just, it was scary, right? Because I was on TV and I didn't know all this stuff was going to happen. And these are my children. And I mentally got in this headspace of like, I don't care how much shit I have to eat. I will gobble that down every day for my children in order to get back to the place that I want to be. And I will take the shots and I will, as much as I want to take them back, I will not because at least one person has to be that rock for their kids. And The idea is, I mean, hopefully divorce for some people, I would imagine is easy peasy. You know, we separate, we weren't right for each other. Let's just move on. You know, I think that's probably like a smaller catch of people. I think that might be. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. Right. Well, it's like the polls for everything else. There's the other poll that both people are completely unreasonable and that sucks for them. And that sucks for their kids. They're never going to get anywhere. Their children will be have trauma from that. They will likely end up blaming them for that. They will never truly be healed or happy. That's the other pull. And then there's the middle that you have at least one or maybe both parties trying to be reasonable and they want it to get better. And those people in the middle, like there is hope there, you know, and you can get to this better place as long as you're willing. You know, it's kind of like, you know, they always say in marriages, they're like, what do you have that level of the day? I have 30% today. And that other person has to carry that 70%. It's the same thing in co-parenting. One day your co-parent might be at a 20 and they might be cranky and they might be saying the wrong things. And then you need to be that 80 and you need to be it for your kids. And I, I feel like in some ways, if you, if you're with someone and you're not supposed to be together, whatever the reasons are, right. You acknowledge you're not supposed to be together. If you can just like let go of the relationship stuff, you really have a good opportunity to still have a relationship with this person that you once loved and were in a marriage with. But like you also, it's like kind of a privilege and it's easier in a lot of ways because you don't have to be married to them, you know? Yeah. And so if you could just let go of all of that and just be present as a parent and be like, you know what? We really, we really shit the bed. We really sucked at this marriage stuff, right? Acknowledge you both have fault because you always do. But then be willing to be like, but let's be the best rock star co-parents we can. Let's show up for our kids. Let's show everybody that we still can have a, a friendship, a bond, that we chose each other for a reason. And it wasn't to be in a relationship, but it was to raise these kids. I love that. And I think where a lot of people struggle, and I know it can be hard because if one parent wants that, or maybe they're not in that space or they are in the space, the other parent isn't, right? So were you guys both in that space when you're like, okay, we've got to make this work. We've got to mend this co-parenting relationship or who took the first step in that? Because I saw something you said, I'm going to, I wrote it down because it was really profound. You said like someone takes a shot and you don't have to take a shot back. And then eventually you stop taking shots at each other and you just stop. And it's true, right? Because sometimes you want to defend yourself or advocate for yourself or tell them that they're wrong. But sometimes, you know, is it peace is better than being right? I believe that. But more than that, I just believe you got to keep your eye on the prize and the prize is your kids. And Mm -hmm. so 
for me, yeah, like sometimes my ex would take a shot. And listen, I'm not perfect. Every once in a while, I take that shot back, man. Boom, boom, you know, but not now. Now we get along great. But like back then, for sure. But then I'd feel bad about that. I would feel icky about that. I would feel like I failed my kids. And I think that's how we have to start thinking. Because when you take that shot back, you are failing your children. Mm -hmm. And I'm not saying you should tolerate being like abused or anything like that, but you have to have a certain level of being able to ignore. What do you tell your kids when they go to school and they're being bullied? What do you tell them at least to try first, right? Ignore, ignore, ignore. Most of the times, nine times out of 10, that bully will forget about you and they will move on. And it's like, we have to just start thinking, what would I tell my kids to do in this toddler situation? Because really getting divorced, it, it's a toddler situation. You're all acting like toddlers. It's like, it's ridiculous, right? So it's like, you have to just say, what would you do? And yeah, there were, there were times that I wanted to take it, but I wouldn't. And someone's got to take the lead, you know, and somebody has got to show that other person. And also, I think it's like a level of empathy. They get to look at you like, wow, she didn't take that shot back. You know, and slowly, I do believe over time, it dissipates, it gets better, and it goes away in my case, in my scenario. Also, I would say in my scenario too, but it was really important for me was the shift when I held my ex accountable for his actions that you cannot ignore, you know, mm -hmm. and I'm not suggesting that anybody ignores anything that's not just, you know, yeah, a bad day. Yeah, like nitpicking, you know, you take the shot here or there. It's about the oh, you didn't you didn't bring the the soccer uniform or the whatever. Like let all that crap go. Just let it go. You know? And get on the same team. Like it feels so good when you're all on the same team. Like you still are allowed to even though your marriage didn't work, you're allowed to care about each other. You're allowed to show your children that you care about each other and that should still be, in my opinion, one or the most important relationship in your life. I want to tell you a story. So I was away with my aunt and my cousin about two years ago now. And they are the type of people who have all of their supplements and protein bars and goodies all in a big Ziploc bag when they travel. It's actually so great because they're so organized. They always have the goods and I'm just not on my game in that way. Now, one morning I was feeling a little dehydrated. And so my aunt gave me some watermelon element salt to put in my water. So in case you've been living underneath a rock, element is an electrolyte drink mix. It's the one that everyone has been talking about. And after trying it, I was obsessed for the rest of the trip. I had heard about element on other podcasts, but I had never tried it. And I just felt so good, loved the taste and was like, I'm going to reach out to this brand and see if they want to partner on the podcast. Because I really believe that everyone needs some element in their life. Honestly, every time I'm away or if we're out with friends, I have some in my bag. I'm like, you have to try this. So fast forward about a year later, Element has been a sponsor of the podcast for a while now. And I love it because it's one of the habits that I have in my daily routine. And my stepson and husband also love Element too. If you have not jumped on the Element train yet, I got to tell you, now is the time. A growing body of research has revealed that optimal health outcomes occur at sodium levels that are two to three times the government recommendations, which is why Element says more salt, not less. So each pack of Element has a truly meaningful dose of electrolytes in a science-backed ratio. So that's 1,000 milligrams of sodium, 200 milligrams of potassium, and 60 milligrams of magnesium. No sugar, no sketchy ingredients, no gluten, no sugar. 
And so many other electrolyte drinks are just full of crap and sugar and lacking an actual electrolyte. So with Element, you can be confident that you're getting everything that you need and nothing that you don't. Element comes in eight flavors. And when you place an order through this link, www.drinklmnt.com forward slash kickassstepmom, you get a free sample pack with your order. This way you can try all the flavors and figure out your favorite. My go-to is watermelon and raspberry. My husband and stepson love the lime. www.drinkelement.com forward slash kickassstepmom for a free sample pack with purchase. Try risk-free with a money-back guarantee. That's www.drinklmnt.com forward slash kickassstepmom. I want to tell you something. There was a time in my life when I would never spend money on pajamas. I don't think I really had pajamas. I wanted to invest my funds into things that I would wear outside of the house. When I had to buy my first sheet set, I did not understand why someone would invest in anything but the least expensive sheets possible. I didn't get it. That was me in my early 20s. Now that I'm in my late 30s, I realize just how wrong that was. Investing in bedding and loungewear and pajamas makes all the sense in the world. My go-to, as you know, is Cozy Earth. From their PJs to their loungewear to their temperature-regulating sheets made from bamboo viscose, Cozy Earth has helped me level up my quality of sleep and how I feel when I'm in lounge mode. The first thing that I do when I get home is either switch into a cozy bamboo jogger set or right into my PJs. Sleeping in my duvet cover and sheet set made from the premium viscose bamboo is like a freaking dream. Temperature-regulating sheets are definitely the move. It is no surprise that Cozy Earth has made Oprah's favorite things several years in a row. Their products are next level, and these are the softest clothes that I own. Right now, I'm actually in the process of going through all of my clothes and purging things that don't make me feel or look right. And most of my loungewear is out. I'm all about the Cozy Earth. The best part of the loungewear is that it just doesn't look sloppy. You can totally go out of the house and look completely put together. I even wore a set recording podcast last week. Now, Cozy Earth has given listeners of the podcast 40% off any purchase with the code COZYJAMIE40. That's CozyEarth.com and use the code COZYJAMIE40 for 40% off. www.CozyEarth.com and use the code COZYJAMIE40 for 40% off. Now, you're saying I'm holding my ex accountable. I heard you talk in another podcast about how that was important to you because you, you pressed charges, correct? Or you went, you went that route, you had to do the whole thing. Technically I didn't technically it was like the state of California, but I cooperated. Mm -hmm. But showing, showing your kids too what's right and what's wrong and standing up for yourself. Mm -hmm. So how did you guys move from that place to this place? Because like, I love everything that you're saying. And I think it's so profound. And, you know, we have to have this attitude and it's constantly talking to yourself and constantly doing the work. But how do you get from there? Like, if someone's sitting there saying, okay, I I want to do this, like, what is my first step? Like, how do I do that other than not taking the shots back? Obviously playing the long game. Yeah, totally. And which is hard to do, right? Because it's hard to see beyond the immediate. But I will say, and I can only speak to my experience, right? In my experience, talk about kick-ass step-parents. I have two really kick-ass step-parents in my life. And that is Travis, my partner, and Britt, Matt's partner. 
I think that made a really big difference. She's a great person. And yeah, like, look, when I first heard, I was like, whoa, 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 whoa. you know, because you get protective. And also like, you know, I had this level of I'm on this show. What is this? Is this genuine? Is this somebody just trying to come in my life? But I'll tell you what, Britt reached out to me right at the beginning when, cause we were hearing, you know, whispers on either end and little things were getting back to my ex and then to me and whatever. And she reached out to me and she laid it out and she said, look, I know that you're hearing things or whatever. Why don't you come over to my house? Why don't you see where your kids are sleeping at night? And that way we can set ground rules that you're comfortable with, which I was like, whoa, like that was very respectful and very mature of her. And now what am I going to do with that? Now I have a choice. Now I can say, go fuck yourself. You know, I'm not, I'm, I don't like this. This feels uncomfortable and weird to me. So I will reject this. Or this woman just let me see where my kids did. She opened the door. If you don't walk through it, you're a complete idiot and you're completely selfish, you know, in my opinion. Mm -hmm. So I went and you know what? I'll tell you that day I was not. Did you want to puke before you went? Like, were you like, oh my God? I was like fired up, honestly, like fired up, you know, because I had my opinion about what I thought this was and I did come in hot. But the thing is, that's my children and she has children. So she understood that she had empathy for my situation. She understood in that situation, one person, right, has to be the reasonable person. I wasn't, you know, I mean, I was okay. I wasn't like crazy or anything, but like, I certainly was not like, hi, thank you for letting, this is so great. Thank you for letting me in. Like I was firm, you know, I didn't make her feel warm and fuzzy for sure. And I also like addressed everything that I had been hearing and wanted to address, but she allowed me that she granted me grace in that circumstance because she understood that that was my kids. And I really am thankful for that. And I think that that made me immediately just go, wow, this person really cares about my kids enough, my ex enough, and me enough to allow me that. And I instantly chose then to build off of that. And then Travis, same exact way. Travis wouldn't meet my kids until I told Matt. And, you know, that was scary for me, but he always is the person to like encourage me to do the right thing. And stay on that journey. And I do think that having a partner that understands what you're going through, where you're coming from, and is a positive influence in that area is crucial. If you are going to someone and you're like, oh my God, he said this and da 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 da, and that person just wants to commiserate with you and be like, yeah, he's an asshole, da da da, that's the wrong person. You should not be with mm-hmm. that person. You really shouldn't, no matter how much you love them, no matter how great they are to you, because they're not fostering the biggest relationship and most important relationship dynamic in this co-parenting family. Like you're all a family, whether you like it or not. We don't pick our family, right? No, we do not. Would he call you out if you were being not reasonable about something or hey, yeah, I love that. People will ask me all the time. They're like, what do you do when Darren, my husband is wrong about something with the ex? I'm like, tell him 100%. I'm like, love you you're so offside on this and just being super honest because you're right when you're sitting there and you're just kind of feeding off each other's negativity, then you're going to just kind of create even more stories, right? Yeah. Even more stories about what's going on. And that's something that popped in my head when you were talking about Brett reaching out to you. If she didn't reach out to you, 
the two of you could have taken the storylines that you've been told, right? The things that were being told to you and things, all the whispers in the background and created all of these storylines about each other. Mm-hmm. And it's really hard to come back from that too, right? Like you just kind of like totally. ruminate in it. And what happens to your kids then? You know, yeah. now they have environments where they, when they're with their mom, they're not allowed to love their stepmom. When they're with their dad, they're they're not really allowed to love their stepdad or their mom or that life or whatever. All you're doing is putting your kids in an uncomfortable situation where they have two homes, neither in which they feel comfortable, truly at home and truly relaxed, truly able to be themselves. You are only yourself if you are allowed to love and receive love from the people who love you and want to give you love, right? So all you're doing to your kids is putting them in a spot where they're not allowed to have that on either end. Yeah, for sure. It's so much ego, right? It's so much ego. It's so much ego. And it's so unnecessary. It really Mm -hmm. is. Like this stuff, honestly, obviously gets me fired up because I... I don't get it. You know, if you have someone who's in your children's life and they want to bring more love and care and attention and happiness and make them feel good, why would you try to take that from them? Mm -hmm. And Britt from the very beginning and Travis from the very beginning showed nothing but their willingness to want to do that for our kids, right? And a lot of step parents don't necessarily want to do that, you know, and they Mm -hmm. do have their own stuff and their own da 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 da. So if you have somebody who's coming into your kid's life and they just want to make it better, don't take it from them. Yeah. No, for sure. What do you think about the stepmom, mom pissing match, right? Like when there's different, maybe different ideas about who should be doing what or what the mom's role is versus the stepmom. Maybe stepmom wants to do something that, you know, the mom's always done and it's really important to them, but they want to have it too. Like there, sometimes it just gets into this whole, like who's, it's almost like it shouldn't be called stepmom because you're bonus mom, you're a mom, you're a motherly figure too. But when you're even like using the word mom in it, right? Like sometimes I think that's what gets women's back up right? Because mm-hmm. women have been pit against each other for so long. And when they're feeling insecure, maybe they're feeling like their partner left them for someone else, or their partner has a relationship with this person that they really wish they could have had together, or they're grieving the loss of the life. How do you get to that point where just, I guess your thoughts, because you weren't necessarily in those shoes where you're just done with that pissing match? Like, what's your thoughts on that? Okay. So for me, I think you have to just let it go. You have to take your ego out of it. When I'm in my home with my kids, I'm mom. When my kids are in their home with their dad, Brit's mom, they need Mm -hmm. to respect her like she's mom. They need to listen to her like she's mom because she is, she is the maternal parental figure. She is raising my children 50% of the time. You just need to accept that, respect that, be thankful for that. You know what I mean? And for me, I look at it like, thank you for the help. More hands on deck. This isn't me and Matt and then our new partners. This is our family. And there's Mm -hmm. just more hands, more people to drive to 47,000 sports, more people to pick (laughs) up the slack, more people to help, you know? And when Britt texts me and she's like, Oh, you know, I'm going to, I'm going, I'm going to get the kids, you know, or school supplies or whatever. They want to get the water bottles. Thank you for doing that. If they want to go and do the registry, thank you for doing that. Do it together. You got to make that stepmom your girlfriend. 
Make her one of your best friends in your life because she's one of the most important people in your life. That's what Britt and I have been able to do. And we look at each other now like allies and like we're on the same team. And actually now anybody outside of that family, we will protect because now this is our new, yeah, this unit, this is a unit. Like you need to get to that place because I think that it's important once you're at that place, there is no pissing match. You pissing match, you're pissing on yourself at that mm-hmm. point, you know? So I just think that you really have to just let your guard down, you know? And I'm sure, I think there was stuff that Britt obviously had to work through on her side as well. Some of these things that, you know, you have to get through, I'm sure where is that at first jealousies of the relationship between the exes and all that. But like, I just think we both did a good job of going above and beyond to respect each other and show each other that there is no threat there. There is not, you know, no concern there in all of the areas that maybe we were both vulnerable. You have to overcompensate for that. So like, if that's a thing for Brit, I'm going to do everything I can to overcompensate, to let her feel comfortable and know that, no, like you guys love each other. You're there for each other and you're perfect for each other. That's the thing. Like, it's just not that serious. So what? Like your pride's so hurt because why? Your your relationship didn't work out. You clearly understand that you both aren't supposed to be together. That doesn't mean that, that someone's bad or undesirable. It just means you're not the right fit for each other. Tell me if this feels like you. Sometimes you just need a little midday pep talk to get refocused and aligned. Sometimes you need to regroup and reset your energy after getting hijacked by a stressor or something or just getting in the weeds of the day-to-day. Sometimes you need a reminder of the goals that you've set for yourself and what you really want for your life. You want to meditate, you know you need to meditate, but you have so much to do that you have a hard time sitting down and just being still. I personally am a yes to all of these things, which is why I am so obsessed with the Superhuman app. So I had the creator of Superhuman, Mimi Bouchard, on the podcast a while back. I highly recommend listening to that episode. She is such a gem. But I learned about this app after listening to Mimi on another podcast, and I have been hooked ever since. It's very rare that I do just a sitting, quiet meditation now. It's always the Superhuman app. So Superhuman has pioneered a new approach to guided meditation. It's not magic. It is science. Superhuman meditations, they're different. There's no sitting in silence. In fact, people who don't even like to meditate love the superhuman guided meditations. 91% of users feel a shift after their first meditation. And I know I definitely did. So there are meditations for when you're just doing things in your day-to-day life, like cleaning or making dinner, or getting ready in the morning or running errands, working out, journaling. The meditations are set to music to inspire and calm and motivate you. And there really is a superhuman meditation for nearly every moment of the day, from grocery shopping to working out to everything in between. Superhuman also has intention setting morning and nighttime meditations to bookend the day. I love doing the getting ready meditations in the morning. It just sets me off on the right foot. So again, back to my neuroscience, these meditations are truly game-changing, and I have been using them since I discovered them, and I cannot recommend Superhuman enough. I also have a sweet deal for you. So here is the lowdown. You're not going to believe this. You can use the code KICKASSSTEPMOM when you check out and get one month free on top of their two-week free trial. So that is six weeks completely free of Superhuman. So head to www.superhuman.app forward slash register put in that code at checkout and you're going to get six week free trial and you're going to be hooked. I can't wait to hear how much you love it. 
So www.superhuman.app forward slash register, put in the code kickassstepmom, get six weeks free and shoot me a DM. Let me know how much you love it. So say something happens because I'm sure there's been times when, you know, maybe there's a little bit of tension or something's triggered you a bit because, you know, you talk about the importance of doing the work. And Mm -hmm. I love that you mentioned that because it really is this inward thing, right? You know, if you're being triggered by something, it's definitely about your own insecurities, your own fears and wounds, all the things. How do you work yourself through that? Because I'm sure it's not always hearts and sparkles all the time. If something happens or even at the beginning, what would you do to get yourself into that mindset where you're like, actually, I've, I've got to be respectful of her. I've got to put myself in her shoes, all of those things. I think that you have to just be able to separate the two relationships. Hmm. The relationship that I had with my ex, the trauma that I experienced from that and the triggers like that come from that, that is about me. And I am allowed to have those feelings. I'm allowed to be triggered by those feelings. I'm allowed to process through things. Everybody should. It only makes you healthier. But the co-parenting relationship, the new relationship, because that the relationship and the trauma and all that that you're still processing out, that's a dead relationship. You're still processing and healing from the death of a relationship. The co-parenting relationship is a new birth. It's a new relationship. And if you can just separate the two and still allow yourself to mourn the death of the relationship, but not let it affect this newborn relationship, right? That's, mm-hmm. I think, where you where the, the good work comes in because it allows you to still feel things that weren't right and that hurt you and look at them because you have to look at them, right? Because I tried personally not to look at a lot of it for a long time because that's what I needed in order to be able to preserve doggy paddle, stay afloat, keep my kids afloat, keep myself afloat. But now later on, years later, I'm able to now look at some of that stuff. You see it like this year on the show. Like I didn't even know like what was going to trigger me and whatnot, but I still allow myself to have those feelings without it affecting my co-parenting relationship because that's different. That is so good. And it's, it seems so simple, but it's not. It's not. And I think yeah. there's many people listening to this right now and be like, oh, okay. Wow. Right? So good. You can even have a conversation, the four people, or just you and your ex, or just you and your ex. And if there's one other person, right? And you can sit down. Like, I truly feel like if everybody just puts the cards on the table and say, look, that sucked, but that's dead. I'm still struggling with some of that. And I'm trying really hard not to let it affect what's happening here, but I acknowledge that sometimes it does. From now on, I'm going to start looking at it differently. I'm going to try to separate it out because I want this new co-parenting situation to be separate and healthy and stable because the death in the relationship, that one doesn't really necessarily include your children, but the co-parenting relationship includes your kids. And so you cannot, in my opinion, mix the two because that will damage your kids. 100%. People always say they're like, well, they come from a divorced family. It's going to affect the kids. The only thing that affects the kids is how the parents act afterwards, Mm -hmm. right? Like they pick up on the energy. They know what's going on and it can feel awkward for kids. I'm a child of divorce. So I know even still when my parents are in the same room together, I am like, can we not do this? How horrible for you? How horrible? Yeah. Well, especially because now we have to have a thousand different Christmases too, right? That can get busy, but 
Yeah, I'd love to totally. talk about your relationship now, your big blended family. Can you give us kind of the lowdown on that? Really exciting. Travis and I actually just celebrated our four-year anniversary. So it's And that's big in a blended family. I always say there's no honeymoon phase when you're in second marriages when there's kids involved yeah, because totally. You know, you get married and then all of a sudden you still have the kids and you're figuring out the parenting piece and the different, maybe there's different rules and expectations or different parenting styles or, you know, sometimes complicated co-parenting situations. So congratulations. Yeah. Thank you. Yeah. And we're fortunate that our kids just love each other so much that really helped. And like, we see it that like, well, children of divorce, like the cool thing is they really do crave and want just like family life and a healthy environment. So like when you give it to them, they like, they feed off of it and then they grow from it and you can see them coming alive from it. And that's very rewarding. So that's been really cool to be able to just like have family time. I'll say my kids are also in a sweet spot age wise because they're like self-sufficient, but we're not in teenage years yet, which is terrifying to me. You might have a lot, you have a lot of teenagers at once, right? That's going to be a- Yes. There, I basically have three sets of twins because at one point during the year, they're like exactly the same age. So this year, like they will be eight, 10 and 12, but like on September 20th, they will be seven, eight, nine, 10, 11, 12. So there's like one time that they're the same and one time that they go in a straight line. It's really funny. It's cool. So yeah, they're at like a really good age right now. I am definitely terrified of puberty. I am obviously not knowledgeable in all of that. So this is also <laughs> coming from my perspective of being in Happyville right now. So to moms out there like dealing with teenagers, I understand that this is going to get probably bad. But <laughs> from my perspective... I find the boys are harder than the girls. That was always been my thing. Boys have always been harder than girls. That's interesting. Mm, yeah. I, and I, everyone yeah. thinks it's going to be a flip. Mm, that's your, yeah, what you've found. That's been our experience. I will so, say my son is know. definitely like more, he's still such a sweet boy, but like he's so like flighty and, you know, the girls like have it all together. So I can see as we're getting into that, age, it's going to be a little bit rough with that kind of stuff. But so far, so good. And we really love each other. And just to be honest, too, I know it's like easy for me to sit here and say, well, this because I have it hasn't been easy. But I did have to like a lot of willing parents on board. But our situation, um, you know, me as a stepmom is not the easiest because I love well, it's easy for me to be a stepmom. Like I love I love my stepkids are so good. I have so much fun with them. And I actually love like, you know how kids are all different. So like my daughter, I have two boys and a girl. Trav has two girls and a boy. My daughter is not like she has sensory stuff. So like the clothes is always a thing. And she's very like, kind of quirky, which we love about her, but different. But then it's like you get these bonuses in life. And I'm like, Oh, like Trav's one daughter is like, I'm like, thank you for being sent to me. Cause she's like, just so girly. And she like loves to shop and she loves like all the little, like she loves bath and body works and she just like freaks yeah. out about everything. And I'm like, thank you for like being here for me. And like, you know, like filling that little gap for me. So that's been amazing. But we do have like, you know, like we have a situation where you can co-parent, but then on the other side, if that's not, you know, if you have one parent that wants to be reasonable, another parent that doesn't, then you parallel parent and you do the best you can. Mm -hmm. Is it harder on the other side? For sure. Yeah. 
So we parallel parent and we do the best we can and we don't bring any of it into our family or our space with our children. And we just truly believe that you provide your kids with a happy life and you focus on that, that it will work itself out. My therapist actually told me, she's like, you only need one good parent. So we take that to heart and we're like, we have to just show up for these kids and we have to take all the hits and we have to deal with all of it. And we have to just persevere and rise above it and stay stable for our kids. So I have all of the situations that I deal with and it's harder to speak on those things, right? Because it's like, I love my sub kids so much that like, you don't respond and you don't, you just take those hits, you know, and then you move on. There is a part of me that feels sad, obviously, on a personal level, because I'm like, I want what Brit has, you know, I want to be loved and respected and looked at like, Oh my God, thank you for loving my kids and taking care of my kids. But at a certain point, you have to understand that some people are just not going to give that to you and look at who you are inside and say to yourself, okay, that person's not going to give that to you. So now am I going to be angry and resentful and take that out on my family? No, I'm still going to be the person and the parent that I know I am. And I'm still going to give them everything. And I'm going to accept that. Like, you know, it's the separating of the relationships. I'm going to accept that for what it is. Sometimes I'm going to be sad. I'm going to cry to my partner privately. I'm going to talk about that with my partner privately. I might need an extra pep talk, you know, that day. (laughs) Might need a therapy session. But then you just get back in that mode because my relationship with my stepkins and me as a stepmom... I'm not going to let it be affected by that. You know, I wish I had that. I don't. Maybe one day things will change, but you would just work on acceptance and you keep doing what you have to do. Yeah. And, you know, you talk a lot about doing the work. So it it is really about looking inward, Mm -hmm. right? Because you can't control the other person. You can't control if the ex doesn't want, you know, say you're the stepmom and you reach out like Britt does. Mm -hmm. And they're like, hell no, I'm not ready to have this relationship with you, or I don't want to have that relationship with you. I'm not healed enough to have that relationship with you. You just have to know you've done the best that you can do. Right. Which, yeah. And that was my exact scenario. You know, you reach out. I literally am like, I was given a gift. I'm going to try to offer you the same gift. Like, you know, they don't want to receive it. They don't want to open it. They don't want to look at it. There's nothing you can do. You can't make them, you know? Mm Mm-hmm. But what you don't want to do is make it worse. That's why it's like, I just don't retaliate. You know, I just take the hit, take the hit, take the hit. Because it's just going to affect the kids. The kids won't be kids forever. They will grow up and they will hold you accountable. Right now, nobody holds you accountable, right? Because it's all just your own bullshit and your own family. You could treat each other as crappy as you want. But those kids are going to grow up and then they will hold you accountable. And they will have podcasts where they talk about how uncomfortable it is when when they have to be in a room with their parents and their parents will have to hear that. And that is their parents' fault, you know? So, so, and it is good that you grow up and that you have these platforms and that you talk about these things because domestic situations, especially with your own kids, it could all stay hidden and you're just going through it. It's not like anybody's in there to like help in any way, you know, or figure that out. So like, I do believe that that's why I like to talk about these things, because it is time to talk about this. And it is time to start changing this. 
What would you say other than that is the most difficult thing about being a stepmom and blending a family? Um, honestly, we just have like so many kids that like, like back to school morning, I had to get up at like five 30. There's just so much hair to curl. I was like, okay, well you guys look great. I'm look homeless in these pictures, but that's all right. I'm gonna let that go. Like, honestly, that's hard. And you know, I mean, when you're going through it now, I think we're in a really good spot, but I would say definitely, you know, at the beginning, it's all the things it's, I don't know how I, if I'm supposed to, and how I'm supposed to parent them, how am I supposed to discipline them? How, there's not like a handbook for this stuff, but it is, it's not, you know, it's necessary to like have these conversations. I think having support is probably helpful in some circumstances too. You know, you really, it is hard not to get resentful. And look at the kids like that parent that doesn't want to cooperate, but you have to do it, you know? And I think it's okay to say that that's stressful. I think it's okay to say that sometimes you do have those feelings. I think it's appropriate to express that to your partner and hopefully get and receive validation about that because then it'll help you to just let it go because you just simply cannot let it spill out onto your children. Your stepchildren are your children. You're raising them, mm-hmm. you know, you're helping to, ra- if your stepkids weren't your stepkids, but they were just kids that needed a home and you took them in your home, nobody would question whether you were a parent to those kids or not. So you are their parent, you are raising them and you do deserve a pat on the back for that, you know, and you're doing it a lot of the times with somebody trying to crap on you or tell you, take that away from you or tell you that you're not doing a good job or make the kids not love you. And that is so hard, but you still have to do it because you are the parent and the parent takes all the hits. The parent feeds the kids before they feed themselves. You know, they say the air mess, you put it on yourself before you put it on anybody else. But in parenting, you don't do that. I know. And that's why people have been saying that same freaking saying for the last however many years when we talk about self-care, because like naturally you just always look at, you want to make sure the kids are okay. You just do. Yes. And I think that people get a little confused sometimes because they don't see it because they're a little ego or selfish or hurt. A lot, most of the time I think it's hurt where they think that they're helping their kids by getting them away from this person or da 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 da. And they're, they're not, they're really just hurt and self-serving, you know? So it's something that I think we all kind of have to work on. Mm -hmm. So good. Well, thank you so much for coming on. This has been great to hear just the, the, the different situations, right. And how this is what is possible. And even if you want it in some situations, it's not possible. Yeah. Right. Because I do know that a lot of stepmoms who really want to have this relationship with the ex and with their, the co-parent, like I know for me, I've had to kind of grieve the relationship that I, I wanted us to be able to have. Cause it's just not, it's just, it's just not possible yeah. right now. But knowing that that's not a me thing, right? You know, you, you can't control another person. You can't control other people's perspectives or what they think is right and what they think is wrong. So this has been so just helpful for the community. I already know that everyone's going to love this episode. So thank you so much for coming on and we will link all of your things. I have a lot <laughs> yes. of housewife fans. So um, they'll be like, why didn't you talk about? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. They, want all was... the, they want the tea, right? Yes. But no, I'm, I'm very happy to be here. And I'm, I, you know, like you don't realize when you're a part of the show and then all this stuff happens I honestly didn't realize what the impact that it would have on people and I 
look at that like it really truly is a privilege. So it has been a privilege to be able to like share my feelings, my thoughts, and if it can help anybody out there, like I'm here for that. So thank you for having me. That's it for this one. Thank you so much for tuning in. And if you enjoyed this episode and know someone that it would resonate with, do me a favor and send it their way. And if you haven't already, head on over to iTunes and give the show a rating and a review. I am so passionate about opening up the conversation about blended family life and debunking the stigma that comes with being a stepmom. And you sharing this podcast helps me do just that. Now, if you're craving more podcast episodes and interviews, would like to connect with me and get access to workshops like how to disengage the right way, how to improve your relationship with your stepkids, how to talk to your partner about your stepfamily stress without causing a bigger fight and more, you have to check out my membership, the Kick-Ass Stepmom Community. Not only will this community give you access to strategies and tips to improve your stepfamily life, you can connect with me and stepmoms from over 30 countries around the world in our private chat and our live Q&As. Head to www.kickassstepmom.com to join.